We are Gateway Chapel, where we build your world by His Word. We stand for fun, friendship, fellowship, and family. You are listening to a Gateway Chapel message. Welcome to this beautiful, beautiful Sunday and the message that God has sent for you today will meet you just at the point of your need in the name of Jesus. Listen today because I believe very strongly in my spirit that God will speak to you and your life will never, never be the same again. There are things that God wants to do in your life and my life and as he gives us the words today, I know very strongly in my heart that things will change, things will shift, you will change something that will bring a reward and a result at the end of this year for you. I know that we just finished our 21-day fast. I know it was last month, but in my head, we just finished it as well. And in addition to that, pastors in preaching about how to make sure we activate our miracles. And today, we're going to be talking to how, talking about how to speak out your own miracle, how to speak out your own miracle. So let us, one more time, let's pray, and I'll share you a joke, and I'll read the scripture. Father, thank you so much, because the entrance of your word, the Bible says, it brings light and understanding to the simple. So with simplicity of heart, we have come to learn from you today, and we pray that you open our ears to hear, open our hearts to understand, and give us the grace to do. In Jesus' precious name we've prayed, amen and amen. One more time, welcome, welcome to this Friendship Month. That's what August is for us as a church at Gateway Chapel. And I know that you're already experiencing God in your own homes and wherever you are at and you're watching this message today. All right, so let me tell you a quick joke. There was a, a pastor that is a new pastor, and he just started out in this church. And it is, some, some family members decided to make the pastor feel comfortable that we're going to host him, that we're going to host him to, um, to lunch. So they were going from you know, family to family, the main families of the church, as it was. And this particular family, the chairman of the board, decided to host pastor to lunch. They have a little boy, Tommy, for the sake of this story. And um, they, when pastor got to their home after service, and he sat at the table and was having a conversation with Tommy. Tommy, I was junior church today. Tommy went on about that. I was church. I was this. I was that. I was cool. And then pastor said to Tommy, Tommy, what are we going to have for lunch? What do you think we're going to have for lunch? Tommy said, definitely we're going to have goat for lunch. Goat? Why goat? Oh, is mommy making curry? He said, no, because when we were coming back from church, mom and dad were talking and they said, we're going to have the old goat over for lunch today. So... Mom and dad have said some things they should never have said about the pastor. Tommy heard it. Tommy interpreted it his own way and he said it out. What do you say? What's on your lips? And how can what's on your lips stop you from experiencing your miracles? How can what you say help you experience your miracle? That's what we're going to talk about today. Turn your Bibles again with me to the book of Mark chapter 11. We're going to read verses 21 to 25. We read that scripture earlier in the Bible reading of the day. But let me read 21 to 25. The Bible says, Peter remembered and he said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed have withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, if anyone shall say to this mountain, if anyone shall say to this mountain, go and throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. They don't doubt, they say, and they believe that what they say will happen, 
It will be done for them, the Bible says. Verse 24 says, Therefore I tell you, whatsoever you ask for God in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. In addition to the scripture, Mark 11, let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. That's a beautiful, beautiful scripture. It's where it says, It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore we speak how to speak your miracle into reality or how to speak your own miracle, how to speak out your own miracle. When we believe, we speak. Paul said, I believe and therefore I speak. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe, therefore we speak. The manifestation of the faith and what you believe is in what you say. When you say you believe, we can't see it. It's not tangible. It's not physical. Anybody, nobody can quantify your faith on the surface. We can only hear what you say and believe what you've said. But there is a place for your confession. There is a place for the words you speak on the back of what you believe. Jesus believed that when he cursed that fig tree, the fig tree was going to wither. So he said it. And when they were coming, they saw it. And he used that opportunity to teach his disciples that, look, when you say something and you believe it very strongly, God cannot but make it happen for you. So what did you pray about during the 21-day fasting period? What did you pray about as we enter the second half of this year? And what do you believe? And what is your mouth saying about what you believe? Because what your mouth is saying is actually what's going to happen because that's what you genuinely believe. Our mouth is a destiny helper or a destiny killer. Your tongue is a destiny helper or a destiny killer. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Ike was preaching on our triumphant Thursday, and he said something. He said, the things of the Spirit are voice-activated. I love that phrase. The things of the Spirit are voice-activated. You speak them, they come to pass. They are in the Spirit. They are, you mention it, you say the word, and it happens for you. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Russell preached. When he was preaching, he preached from the book of Genesis chapter 1. And the Bible says, and God said, let there be, let there be, let there be, and God saw. And, and one of the studies from concerning that scripture says that when God says, let there be, God was not talking about what was there before. There was something there before. There was chaos. The heart was full of chaos. The heart was of no form. The heart was not where God wants it to be. God didn't talk about the dysfunctions of the heart. The, God did not talk about the way the earth was. God said, let there be. He said what he wanted to see. And God saw what he said. It's enough. All you said about the dysfunctions of the things that are not happening right around you, it's enough. It's not going to take your destiny forward. It's not going to deliver your miracle into your hands. What would deliver your miracle into your hands and what would take your destiny forward is what you say when you say what God's words say concerning the matter at hand. I think that's where the problem is. Maybe you don't even know what God has got to say about the matter at hand, but I can clearly tell you that our mouth and our tongue is being given to us not just to eat, but to function as a part of an establishment of our destiny. When your destiny will be established, God will give you a tongue that will speak what God's mind is concerning your matter. And I want you to take it that seriously. You own your tongue. Your tongue is yours and you can use it to declare and speak out your miracle. The most important function of our tongue is to shape our destiny and make bold declarations that will release our faith. 
That is the most important function of your tongue. It's not just to eat. It's not just to say the things you feel like saying. It's to declare. It's to declare and declare until we see what we declare. What do you say with your tongue? What words come out of your mouth? Your word is an investment. Your word is an investment. Pastor was preaching a couple of weeks ago. He said, you are living the life today that you spoke about yesterday. And he gave us an example from his own life about all the things he said he was going to achieve when he goes to the United Kingdom and he has achieved and he achieved within a period of time. Because he spoke the word, he saw the reality of what he said. What are you speaking? What is your today like? Because it probably is a reflection of the word you spoke yesterday. What is this year like for you? What is this second half of the year looking like? It doesn't matter that you fasted, that you prayed. It's going to become a reflection of the words you speak. What miracle are you looking for and what are you saying about them? So I thought to talk to you about a few things. I'm going to tell you the, expect, the examples of what your declaration can be or what I'll call what, the examples. I'm then going to talk to you about not just the examples, the things that you need to watch out for is the example. Then the effect of your declaration or the effect of the words that you speak. And then on the back of that, I'm going to tell you the evolution, how you need to grow into what you need to say. And the last one, the expectation, what should you expect. So I'm going to be talking to you from four different perspectives this morning. The very, very first one, is actually to look at the examples, examples of your declaration. Because sometimes we don't even know what we say, which is what do you really say? If you want to edit, if you want to audit your conversation, we'll sit down at the end of the day and say, what have I said today? And I thought about four different things to look at under that. What, when you look at the way, the composition of your conversations and your declarations, what are they really? I thought to talk about four things under them, examples of the things to say. The very first one, the condition. We talk about the conditions or the circumstances, things that are happening, either because they're happening to you or because you heard them in the news. Some of us are masters at knowing what's going on everywhere around us, what's going on in Afghanistan, what's going on in Syria, what's going on in America. You sit down, you watch the news, you consume it, you consume all the information, and all you talk about is that. It actually gives you a lot of pleasure to let everybody know that you know what is going on. You talk about the conditions. You talk about the facts, you talk about the figures, you talk about the frustrations of your life, you talk about frustrations in other countries, you talk about how things are not working in the United Kingdom, you talk about how the NHS is not working, you go on and on and on. The government don't know what they are doing, nobody knows what they are doing. And if you sit down at the end of the day and you look at the composition of all the conversations you've had, your declaration for that day is negative, negative, negative about every other thing, the conditions of life. What do you talk about? If you are looking up to God for a miracle, you've got to watch what you talk about. You have to. You can't afford this master of so much that then dominates your conversation. What you listen to dominates your conversation, whether you believe it or not. What you listen to becomes what you think about, what you think about because what you talk about. It's just so straightforward. You listen to it, you think about it, you talk about it. It's just the same cycle. And when you do that, what you talk about is what you get. So if you're talking about how things are not working, guess what? It won't work for you. When you talk about how the United Kingdom is rubbish, it will be rubbish. When you talk about how the nation that you dwell in is rubbish, it will be rubbish. When you talk about the way your organization is rubbish, it will be rubbish. When you talk about the way your line manager is rubbish, it will be rubbish or she will be rubbish. Or that will be your experience. What do you want to see? Jesus wanted to see things and he says what he wants to see. Did you think that the condition in his days wasn't bad? Did you really think that everything was working properly around where he lived and when he lived? Not necessarily, but he didn't focus on it. 
What's the example of your conversation? Is it full of the conditions of the moment? Be very, very careful. When you talk conditions, your speeches are based on your experience or other people's experience that you have heard, the news, uh, 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 the frustrations, the facts, and all those things. What happens is this. It creates discouragement. When you talk about conditions, you create discouragement. Anywhere you go and you sit down, you start talking about how your prime minister or president does not know how to run the country and how everything is going down. By the time you stand up and you leave that conversation, what have you left with all the people that have heard you? Discouragement. People around you will be discouraged because of the words you've said. Be very careful. Sit down at the end of every day and audit what you have said with your mouth because what you say is what you get in life. You want a miracle, you have to be careful what your mouth says. And one of the things I realized in scripture, in Isaiah chapter 8, how do you test that what you're saying is right and make sure that you stay on the straight and narrow with your tongues? Isaiah chapter 8, verses 12 to 13 says, do not call conspiracy what they call conspiracy. Another version said, do not call confederacy what they call confederacy. Everything these people call conspiracy, don't call conspiracy. Do not fear their fear. And do not dread it. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. And he is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to be afraid of. He is the one you are to focus on. You are meant to speak the things that he has said to you. Don't call confederacy what people call confederacy. Don't call conspiracy what people call conspiracy. Don't fear their fear. If you constantly talk about conditions, you will realize that you begin, people begin to fear the fear. It creates a lot of discouragement. Things are not happening and people assume things will not work for them. What do you say and how does it leave the people that you are around? Because if you speak condition, it creates discouragement. The second thing that you need to examine when you're talking and be very careful about is many of us that speak conflicts conflicting information. There are some people I know like that. Anywhere they go, problem must arise. They speak things that create factions within groups. The group was functioning very well before, and then this person had come. The moment they come, the group must break into two. I don't know whether you know people like that. Just make sure that it's not you, and tell your neighbor, I know, no, 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 it's not you. It's not you. And, and you really need to watch it. When you have conversations with people, do you leave living conflict, hurt, trusting, um, tearing down other people, arguments? There are some people like that. That's that's just the crux of their life. They love argument. If we haven't argued, they have not been to a place. In fact, they will set up, they will just, from nowhere, they will just say something so that we can all argue about it. They want to display their knowledge and then they want to create a lot of arguments. And by the time we're back and forth with arguments, what happens at the end of that? It creates discord and division. Every time you find yourself talking conflicts, encouraging conflicts, talking things that create factions within people. It doesn't enhance your miracle. It doesn't bring your miracle to reality. It actually creates discord. It actually creates division. I don't believe that you wake up in the morning and say, today I want to create a lot of division, so let's go start talking rubbish. Be very, very careful what you do with your tongue. If you really want to experience the miracles of the Lord for your life, you have to watch your tongue. Stop speaking the conditions, things that are just happening. Stop being the master of conflict. Just create, you know, just, you know, just to spice it up a little bit. Okay, let's debate. And then it comes from one to the other and the other and the other. Ages and ages ago, I mean, ages and ages ago now, when we first came to United Kingdom, we used to have a particular couple, they would come and visit with us. They actually just literally enjoy conflict. Some people just enjoy conflict. Now, they just... They just enjoy arguments. This particular lady will just start something. Even if it's gray, she will tell you it is red. 
And she will go on and on on that red. And then for hours and hours, we will be drained, Eddie and I. We'll be totally drained because we're so not used to that kind of thing. In fact, there are times that when we don't even understand enough, because we just came to UK, we're not here, been here that long, we didn't know that much. We didn't understand enough about it. She would then create the conflict and extra argument with our own husband. It's the two of them that knows, but they've come to our home to do it. After they leave, we're drained and we're tired and we're thinking, this is not the spiritual atmosphere we want in our home. What is being talked about in your home? What is happening in our home? Because whether you believe it or not, it creates the environment for your miracle or otherwise it negates all the things you are believing God for. Run away or drive away anyone that wants to talk conflicts or only conditions in your home. They do not help the atmosphere for miracle. They will not help you experience the miracle that you are trusting your God for. You've got to be careful. The third set of things that you, the examples I noticed that you need to be very careful of is when you speak contradictions. There are some people like that. The first one is conditions. They speak only what happens. The second one is conflict. They just create conflicts with the words they speak. When you speak condition, you experience discouragement, and people around you experience discouragement. When you speak conflict, people around you experience discord and division. When you speak contradictions, you experience a lot of distraction, yourself and everybody around you. Some people are very, very contradictory. When we are with Christians, we speak like one. When we are with non-Christians, we speak like one. You are a little bit to the right and a little bit to the left. Sometimes you are hot and sometimes you are cold. It depends on the company that you are in. That cannot foster an atmosphere for miracle. Those words that you speak in a contradictory setting can never allow you to experience the fullness of what God has in stock for you. What has God planned for you for this half of the year? And how are you going to ensure they happen for you? That's what I'm talking about today. And you have to be very mindful and careful of the words that can set you back rather than set you or propel you forward when it comes to getting into the place that God has desired for you. People that speak contradictory words, they create a lot of problems, left, right, and center, because somebody sees you today, you say yes, another person sees you tomorrow, you say no. And then everybody is confused and they don't know which way to go anymore. A lot of distraction. Your words can, can't, can't be defined, but, sorry, your words can't define your identity. Your words depends on the location and the atmosphere you're in and the group of people that you're in. And so you become all things to all men. What that means is you can't move forward in life. Your miracle can't happen. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 5 verse 37, all you need to say simply is yes or no. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Stop living a contradictory life. If you're a Christian, be a Christian all the way. Do it and do it right. If you want a miracle, speak miracle all the way. Speak the kind of words you want to hear. Stop dancing to the gallery. Stop dancing to the tune of anybody and everybody around you just to belong. Do you know what? At the end of the day, you still won't belong. And if you ever run into trouble, they will all run away. So it's just not worth it. You're being cheated on two angles. Number one, because you're speaking words that are not allowing you to move forward. And number two, because you're not even going to be accepted anyway because they know you go to church. So what's the point? What is the point of living a contradictory lifestyle? What is the point of speaking contradictory words? It sets you back. It doesn't allow you to experience the miracle of God for your life. 
The fourth one, which is what I would highly recommend for you, are conquering words. Every time you sit down at the end of the day, sit down and ask yourself, what is the quality of my conversation today? What words did I speak today? Did I speak conditions, just circumstances happening around me? Did I speak conflicting words? Did that create a lot of chaos around me and in the people's lives around me? Did I speak contradictory words that was one thing in one place and another in another place? Or did I speak conquering words? What are conquering words? The word of God concerning your situation. The word that can deliver a miracle into your hands. The word that can deliver a miracle into the hands of other people. Conquering words are speeches that are based on the word of God. The book of Colossians says, let your words be seasoned with salt. The words that are seasoned with salt. The words that are based on the promises of God. The beauty of that is that it is available to us. It's in the Bible. It's available to you and I. It's here. It's available. Not just that it's available. It's obtainable and it's achievable if you set your hearts to it. Speak conquering words. Make a conscious effort. Those are examples of the kind of words that we speak. Make a conscious effort to always speak words that are conquering words. Stop speaking your condition. Stop speaking your circumstances. Speak the word of God concerning your matter. I guess that then means you need to know what God is saying. So I'll teach you subsequently how to know what God is saying concerning the matter. But the second half of it is understanding the effects of conquering words. Conquering words creates effects in the life of people. When you know how to handle it, you have a good result for your words. So Jesus, in Mark chapter 11, he showed us how conquering words so showed an effect that was positive and everybody sees. That is the beauty of conquering words. When you speak the conquering words, words of God, when you speak a word based on the miracle of the word of, sorry, when you speak a word based on the word of God that he has shown you, miracles cannot but happen. So what are the effects? Every time you declare, every time you declare a word, every time you say something in your mouth, you put your enemies to flight. The Bible says when you make a declaration, you put your enemies to, to flight. Psalm chapter 18, verses 44 to 45. It says, strangers shall hear my word and flee. Every time you speak the word of God, every time you speak what God has got to say about the matter, irrespective of what is happening, the Bible says, strangers shall hear my word and flee. So the enemy cannot hide in your matter when you declare the mind of God concerning the matter. What don't you like in that child? Declare the mind of God. Stop going on and on about what the kid is not doing right. Stop going on and on about what the husband is not doing right. Stop going on and on about what the church is not doing right. Speak what you want to see. Speak the word of God. The Bible says strangers shall hear my voice and flee. When you declare God's word, the enemies go to flight. The second one, when you declare God's word, it uproots mountains and removes obstacles. Mark 11, chapter 23 that we read earlier. It uproots mountains and removes obstacles. You want a miracle? Learn to speak the word of God. The word of God you speak is the word of God that will deliver miracle into your hands. Mountains are real. Obstacles are real. But there are things that remove obstacles and mountains from our way. I remember a story very, very clearly of a young lady that was in a workplace. And she was being bullied repeatedly by this line manager. It was really bad. And then the line manager was constantly looking for issues and circumstances and things that she wouldn't do right. Now, with the best of intention, you can't be right 100% of the time. So anything she does, it doesn't matter how little it is. Even if she says, sorry, this line manager will put it in record and put it in record. So it was time for appraisal. And the line manager decided that she was going to bring everything out in her appraisal. But as the appraisal was approaching, it was very obvious that the line 
line manager had things against her. She said, oh, I need to put together your file properly. So she, so she did everybody else's appraisal but her own. I need to put together your file properly. That began to worry her. Then she started praying. And then she would get into the office a bit earlier and start declaring the mind of God concerning that place. Because when she got that job, she gave a testimony. When she got that job, God gave her the job. When God gives you something, does the enemy just leave you like that? No. The woman was out to get her. But she was out to maintain and retain this miracle that God has blessed her with. So she would get in a little bit earlier, declare the mind of God, remind God of the word he spoke concerning her when he gave her that job. Constantly going on at that. What happened just before the appraisal time, the lady decided for what, what, I don't know why she became, went off sick because she was stressed. Appraisal time came and somebody else from HR was the one that had to do the appraisal. The line manager was not available to do the appraisal. And HR said, well, as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing in your file that says that you're not doing anything right. So well done and thank you. And then they upgraded her. They gave her a promotion. And after that opioid, the lady came back. <laughs> when you speak the word of God, it removes obstacle from your way. The lady came back, but she has already been given this letter of promotion, and her grade has already been lifted. So it didn't matter what the lady felt any longer. By the time she came back, she couldn't do full-time work. She had to go into three days a week work, and from three days a week to two days a week, and she resigned. That means the boss. And she, this girl that God blessed with this job stayed on at the job. When you declare the word of God concerning your matter, obstacles flee. Mountains are brought down. What are you going to say about your matter? Another thing that happens when you declare the word of God concerning your matter, the Bible says that your declaration will move God's angel into action on your behalf. Psalm 103 verse 20. Your declaration will move angels to action on our behalf. Angels work for us. Angels are on assignment for you and I. As a younger believer, I learned this pretty early. There's a book I read then titled Angels on Assignment. And I remember very, very clearly that when I sit down at an exam, I was taught. When you sit down on an exam and it didn't look like you did as well as you desired to do, never, ever use your mouth to speak negative about that paper. You can never get me. It is not possible. You can never get me to tell you I didn't do well in an exam. It's not possible. Even if I didn't do well, I won't talk about it. I would say it was great. My God is at work. Just because I learned that as a young believer. That angels go on assignment and they mark your paper. Angels go on assignment and they make you pass. Why would I want to aid and abet the devil and say that I didn't do it? I'm not going to do that. When God saw that the earth was without form and was chaotic, God did not say, oh, the earth is chaotic. God said, let there be light. So I speak what I want to see. Angels go on assignment concerning you. Your declaration sends your angel on assignment. What are you going to send your angel to do? And what have you sent to your angel to do? So not just myself alone doing it. As I grew older and I had children, I tell my children, no, it doesn't matter how the exam went. I'm praying. You prayed. We're praying as a family. We say what God's word say concerning you. We never, ever aid and abet the devil by saying the exam didn't go well. So when they come out, I just say, either tell me praise the Lord. I get it. You don't need to say more than that. Mom, praise the Lord. Or you can go on and on about how well you did. You can make a choice. And you cannot say it didn't go well. I'm not going to take that, but I will take praise the Lord. I get what that means. And I will go back and say, Lord, let your angels be on assignment concerning this matter, concerning this child. And it does wondrous things. What has your mouth spoken concerning your matter? 
If you're going to speak conquering words, what are they and what are you saying? Because I need to celebrate God with you. And I pray for you in the name of Jesus that God himself will hold your tongue, will direct you, will lead you, will help you to speak conquering words concerning your matter. Just like I said concerning that lady and her testimony, as God helped her to conquer the mountains and the obstacles in her way, you will conquer mountains, you will conquer obstacles on your way in the name of Jesus. In your life, in your career, in every area of your life, your business, in your spiritual life, in your home life. I decree and I declare and I agree with you concerning your declaration that it will be well with you. It will be well with your spouse. It will be well with your parents. It will be well with your children. It will be well with the work of your hands. It will be well with your business in the name of Jesus. This second of the, of the year you will not call confederacy what people call confederacy. You will not fear the fear of anybody. Your own contract will constantly be renewed. Your work will never suffer. Your businesses will go better in the name of Jesus. Even at this time you will experience promotions left, right, and center. You will experience soundness of health, soundness of mind in Jesus' precious name. Declaration. What are you declaring? I just declared concerning you. What have you declared concerning yourself? You can agree with me or you can disagree and start undoing everything that has been said concerning you. Be careful what you say. The fourth one there in the effects of the words you speak is that every time you make a declaration, it moves God's angels into action on your behalf. Sorry, it moved God himself, not just the angel. The third one is he moves his angels. So the first one is every time you make a declaration, strangers or the enemy hear your voice and run. The enemies run. The second one is that every time you make a declaration that it uproots mountains and obstacles. And I told you that lady's story. The third one is every time you make a declaration, angels go on assignment concerning your matter. And the most beautiful one is that every time you make a declaration, God himself arises on your behalf. Numbers chapter 14 verse 28. It says, so tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. Scary scripture, depending on what you say. Or beautiful scripture, it depends on you. As surely as I live, said the Lord, decree is the Lord. It's a decree. I will do to you the very things that I heard you say. What have you said? Even in the quietness of your home, what have you said? Because that's what God will do to and for you. Words have effect. And I just read you at least four of the effects that I wrote down. Be very mindful what you say with your tongue. Your declaration can determine your future. Your declaration will determine what you experience. Your declaration will experience the, determine the beauty of life. Your declaration will determine whether you experience or see the miracle or not. Jesus wanted to see a miracle on that fig tree, and he made a declaration. And the earth cannot but follow through. God wanted to see a miracle in Genesis chapter 1. He made a declaration. I believe, and so I confess. When you believe, we confess. He said, and then the spirit of faith is in us, so we speak. By the spirit of faith in us, we speak. I implore you to speak conquering words, words that God only can back up. So the question then is, how do you evolve from where you used to be into where you need to be? How do you evolve? I've told you the examples, and I've also told you the effects 
But how do you evolve? What's the evolution of your declaration? How do you evolve from where you are if you speak conflicting words? If your words are full of conditions and only what is happening around you. If your words are constantly contradictory. One day you are blowing hot, the next minute you are blowing cold. It depends on the time of the month. At, at some point, you, you are very much fathomed for the Lord. The beginning of the month, you're in trumpet night, you're in one service. By the second service, you're missing. By the third service, you're gone. By the fourth service, you're repented and come back again. When you start contradicting, and then your words then show what you do, don't they? But when you start those kind of behavior, how do you make sure you find yourself in a place where you speak the words that will bring your miracle to pass? Because your miracle needs to happen for your sake, for my sake, for the sake of the kingdom. So turn your Bibles with me to the book of Psalm 119, Psalm 119. We're going to read verses 9 to 16, and I want to pull out a few things that David said to us in that scripture, really beautiful scripture, Psalm 119, when you have your time, you can take time to read it, but Psalm 119 from verses 9 through to 16, it says, and I read, how can a young man stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? How can a young woman or a young man experience miracles always by living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart, verse 10, and do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart. If the Bible you have with you is yours, verse 11, underline, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Verse 12, praise be to the Lord who teaches me your decrees. Verse 13, with my lips I recount, underline, with my lips I recount. I recount all the laws that come from your own mouth, O Lord. I rejoice in following your statutes. Another thing to note there, as you rejoice in great riches, as one rejoices in great riches, I meditate on your precepts, O Lord, and I consider your way. I delight in your decree, and I will not neglect your word. I just want to pull out a few things from that scripture. I pulled out five things from that scripture, and I underlined it, and I highlighted it in my Bible and in my iPad as well. He said, I have hidden your word in my heart. With my lips, I will recount your word. I will follow your word. I will meditate on your word. I will not neglect your word. How do you evolve from where you are? Speaking conflicting words, speaking conditions only, speaking contradictory words into a place of speaking conquering words that will give you a miracle, that your own miracle can be delivered with your mouth. Number one, read the word of God. Just like he said in that scriptures, I have read, right, I will seek with all my heart your commandments. Read the word of God. Listen, gentlemen and ladies, the words you have is the word you speak. It's like a computer program. If you haven't put it in, you can't get it out. If you don't have the word of God in your spirit, you cannot by any means bring out the word of God. The word you have in you is the word you bring out of you. So how much of God's word do you read? How much of God's word do you listen to? How much of God's word do you expose yourself to? Because what you expose yourself to is what you believe. The reason why you speak only conditions because you expose yourself to it. I remember one day we were watching the news. Um, usually my, my TV stays on, on Sky News or, or BBC or something. And I remember my daughter walked to say, do you know what, mom? I said, what? I, said, I have never had a piece of good news from that news in my life. And I actually thought about it. I very, very rarely hear the news say, well, good news today. The good news is that some great things are happening in that Ford area. There is a great church called Gateway Chapel doing this, that, and the other. It's always, always disaster, criticism, problems, challenges, all those things going on and on and on around you. 
If that goes on and on around you, by all means, that's what you will talk about. If that's all you talk about, by all means, that's what you think about. Is all, all you think about, that's what you discuss. Now, can you see how your words are no longer displaying concrete words that can bring your miracle your way? So you have to be very careful what you're taking. You have to be very careful what you listen to. Listen to the word of God. Get the word of God into your spirit. It's a very, very good place to start from when it comes to the evolution, changing from where you were into where you need to be in declaring the word of God concerning your matter. Read the word of God. Read the word of God. It's within your control. Your Bible is with you 24-7. Many of us have it. You have it on an app. You have it in writing. You have it to listen to. You have it on YouTube. You have it everywhere. The other day, I, I, I was... Um, my husband and I tend to listen um, to, to the scriptures through YouTube. So, it, you know, I, I put it on. And then I make sure that I don't put in my ears only so that two of us can listen at the same time. We listen to it sometimes, we talk about it. And the, a few days, it wasn't long after that, I just noticed something. We were hearing uh, the same thing happen on one other side of the house. It was my daughter listening to scriptures. What the children see you do, they will do. It's a matter of time. What the people around you see you do, they will do. So get the word of God into your spirit so that it permeates your environment, permeates your home, permeates everything that has to do with you. The second one is meditating on the word of God. It says in that same scripture, verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart. I will meditate, I will keep your word in my heart. Verse 15 says, I meditate on your precepts. Precepts. I meditate on your precepts. Every time you meditate, you're thinking about, you are brooding over, you are thinking again and again and again about a matter. The more you think about a matter, the more you experience the goodness of that matter. The more of God's word you think about, the more your language changes. The more your language changes, the more your life changes. And that's just the way these things are. Your words can align with the word of God, but it can't unless you study the word of God and you keep the word of God in your heart. If you're going to experience a miracle, you need your word to align with the word. However, if the word is not in your spirit, there is nothing. There is nothing that you can depend on. So meditate on the word of God. Not just meditating, then speak it. What we think is what we think about. So what we, no, what we take in is what we think about. What we think about is what we talk about. What we take in is what we think about. What we think about is what we talk about. What we talk about becomes our future. So it's a big cycle. And then we take something in again, and then we think about it, we talk about it, and then it becomes our future. So what future do you want? Then identify what you need to take in at the beginning so that you can see the future you want to see. If what's at the beginning of the cycle is what determines the results we get, then let's get the quality product right at the beginning. Let's get the quality material right at the beginning so we can experience the quality output. It's so straightforward, but it's a hard thing to do. You know why? Because the conditional words are always around us. Conflicts are interesting sometimes. Sometimes contradictions are very exciting to the flesh. Um, conquering words are very, very difficult to stick by. You actually sometimes feel like a sore thumb, thumb, but the truth of the matter is that's where your miracle lies. That's where your miracle lies. So you and I need to focus on it. You see, read the word, meditate on the word, then speak the word, speak the word, speak the word until you see it. You say and say and say until you see. God said and said and said in Genesis chapter 1 and in verse 31, and God saw that all that he said was good. All that he saw was good because all that he said was good. All that he saw was good because all that he said was good. All that you will see will be a miracle because all that you say are conquering words of God. It's so straightforward, but it's so difficult to abide by. But it will do you good too. The Bible made us understand finally that we follow the precept, follow the word. 
How do you change or evolve from just speaking what you feel like speaking to getting to a place of speaking the words of miracle? Five things say, you read the word of God, you meditate on the word of God, you speak the word of God, and you follow the word of God. Four things. You read it, you meditate on it, you speak it, and you follow it. We'll follow God all the way. We keep confessing and confessing and confessing and declaring what he has said concerning us until we see the reality of it. Every time you speak God's words, you get your miracle. What's the final bit? As I round up today talking about the expectations of your declaration, every time you declare, we're in a war. We're in a war. And you win this war by the words you speak. We are in a word warfare, somebody said. Whether your future in the July through to the end of this year will be better than the beginning and better than you ever imagined at the beginning, or you're just going to get to the end of the year and give your excuses and say, well, because of the pandemic, I couldn't do. Because of the pandemic, I did not do. Everybody will understand. But the truth is, that's not what God desired for you. The word he gave us as a promise at the beginning of the second half of the year was that it's going to recoup. We're going to recoup everything we lost. So I'm expectant. But what do you say? What do you do? on the back that the word that God has given to you. When God gives us a word, for us to experience victory, our words must align with what God is saying concerning us. So I want to encourage you today to say what you desire to see. Many people around you will say what they see. Many people around you will say what they read. But say what you desire to see based on the word of God that he has given to you. You have a tongue that heaven recognizes. You have a tongue that even hell recognizes. But what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do with your tongue? I implore you today that you get very serious about your walk with God. Speak what God wants you to say. See what God has designed for you to see. And as you do that, you will experience the goodness of the Lord in this land of the living. God has so much in stock for you. I am excited on your behalf already for what God is going to do in your life as it brings that miracle to pass. But you've got to speak it. You've got to speak it consistently until we see the reality and the realization of the word that God has spoken to us. I read a story as I end. I read a story of a gentleman who is a golfer. So he went to the golf course. He went to the driving range, which is where people that play golf go to, to go and practice. He was about to start practicing and he saw a pro. A professional was coming with a young man with him. And as the professional and the young man got, they took their own boots and the, the, the professional said, okay, you swing the ball a little bit, he said to the young man. This gentleman that said the story was watching. So the young man, he started hitting the ball, he hit the ball a few times and the professional said, okay, I can see where the problem lies. And the professional will say something, you need to correct this stance, you need to correct this move. And as the professional says their bit, you correct this, the guy would stop and say, oh, actually, the reason why I can't correct that is because of this, that, 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 that. And you just give the professional all the reason why he's not able to correct his move. First time, second time, third time, after a while the professional clocked it. Said, okay. So it's obvious that this gentleman wants to do what he wants to do. So as they continued with the hour, it's only an hour's practice uh, um, lesson. Um, the gentleman was the one that was doing most of the talking. The professional was just nodding along. Right, right, right. So at the end of the hour, the gentleman paid the professional and said, thank you so much. You're just such a fantastic teacher. And he walked away. The observer then walked up to the professional and said, excuse me, sir. I observed something. I observed that all you did <laughs> was, he said, why did you go along with that gentleman? Why did you just listen to him, do all the wrong things, say all the wrong things, and still collect the money at the end of the day. Then the professional said something I can, I can never forget because that really, really resonated with me. He said, son, 
He said, I have learned long ago that it's a waste of time to sell answers to a man who wants to buy an echo. It's a waste of time to sell answers to somebody that wants to buy echoes. It's a waste of time to try and correct somebody who does not want to be corrected. They are very happy with where they are at. I really, really hope to God that is not you. I need your life to change, but you need to need it more. It will be a waste of time preaching this message if your words don't change on the back of this. It will be a waste of time if you don't sit down to take in the word of God and want a change in your life. It will be an outright waste of time. But I know something for sure. From what God has told me concerning you, from what God has told me as to get into this word, that this will not be a waste of time because your life is about to change and you need to be a participating partner in ensuring the change of life that will happen in your life based on the word of God that you will have in your mouth. We believe and therefore we speak. So join me on this crusade as we speak what we believe. And I believe God with you that every desire of your heart from this time on to the end of the year it will bring to pass in the name of Jesus. Every promise he has given to you will be realized, will be realized in your life in Jesus' name. Men and women will come and celebrate with you before the end of this year. Your testimony is the next that will come in Jesus' name. You believe and you will speak. And as you speak conquering what you will conquer in every area of your life. Your miracle will be obvious to many. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at www.gatewaychapel.org.uk Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message like this one. Be blessed.